When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Andy Hart. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Art Stone. Thanks for the gold, kind stranger. (laughs) That's it. That's right. Uh, Art's only going to reply today in Reddit cliches. Oh, fellow man of culture, I see. (laughs) I would like to point out that Art is wearing a cap and he did tip his brim at me epic Each comment time. thanks take the, take the, my take my up dude edit <laughs> oh god i can't even do it with this right edit dude. why are you giving me awards <laughs> who spends money on this website who spends money who spends money on us who spends money on us you know who does it our patrons? Our patrons. Our, right. our proud patrons, our beloved bunk funkers. These people are in the penultimate tier of human beings. <laughs> they are they are 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 nearly us. It's true. And I don't know why they hide it from the rest of their friends and family. Yeah, I don't know why. Um we you know, like part of the whole Patreon thing is that <laughs> we can see your IP addresses. And for all of our bunk funkers that are patrons, they're all masked. It all says that they're coming from um <laughs> like different countries every time anybody logs in. Right, right, right. And yeah, we do track your IP addresses. No, okay. we, we don't really. <laughs> uh I just realized that that probably seems aggressive to people. <laughs> yeah. We don't actually do that. That was just for humor. If any, yeah, it's Patreon doing it. It's Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did not we did not, you know, <laughs> install special cookies on our on our Patreon website. That collect your IP address and user information that we've used to yep. sell to third-party marketing firms, sure, uh, and which are um, supplying us with huge sums of cash for all Massive of this user sums data. Of cash. Anyway, and Reddit karma. Anyway, we have to, yeah, Reddit karma. Anyway, we have to cut the show a little short today because I'm picking up a new Lamborghini <laughs> at the dealership. It's new. It's custom made. <laughs> it's custom made. It's custom made. I didn't really fit into a regular Lamborghini, so this is an extra wide model. It doesn't fit on the normal road. It's true. It's true. And I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be 
you know, picking between which golf stream I want to get uh, <laughs> to take me to the Maldives. <laughs> you know, Andy, speaking of these patrons, though. Whoa, what about them? Well, one of them. We got a new one, Art. Well, one of them. Nope. <laughs> oh, you were going about who suggested the episode for the yep. day. Yeah, that did come from a patron, too. I mean, look, we got a lot happening here, <laughs> Boing Funkers. We got a lot of stuff going on. And look, a patron suggested today's episode. That's right. Uh, and we got to talk about this right at the top because I'm a fucking idiot, first of all. <laughs> yeah, you are. So this is our longtime Bung Funker. Longtime. Longtime patron. OG. OG patron. Very OG. Yeah, very OG. Maybe the OG patron of the show, potentially. Possibly. Uh, Art's going to look it up while Art, does the, while Art does the research. Anyway, this person has been a longtime supporter of the show. Yeah. OG. The OG patron of this show. Like the, almost number one. The very... Almost number, almost very first patron of this show. Um, this is Pedro. This is Pedro. Pedro has been, has gotten a shout out on the show before, has suggested episodes before. Um, Pedro is um, a great friend of the show. Pedro, his username mm -hmm. in the Discord. Right, the Bunker Discord. Is Mejamo Pedro. Mejamo Pedro. Yep. My name is Pedro. My name is Pedro. Just literally today, which for you, those of you in the Discord is going to date when we're recording this, but right, whatever. That's what you get. That's what you get. Behind the scenes access. Behind the scenes access. So just today in the Discord, our other bunk funker and longtime patron, Jeremy. That's right. Brought up that Pedro's name is Mayamo Pedro. Right. And not Melamo Pedro. I literally have never put that together before. And I then you roped me into it. And then I falsely claimed yes. on accident <laughs> that Art and I agreed on this, that I it wasn't not. Me, that we didn't know it was I always knew it was Miyamo Pedro. So to everybody listening, I'm sorry. I'm the only idiot here. <laughs> Art is a linguistic expert. Yeah, baby. Not in English, though. Not in English. Only in Spanish. That's right. He knows all the Spanish words, and I don't. So... Pedro, thanks for this suggestion. That's right. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, the the legend, the legend of El Charo Negro. That's right. Um, this is kind of a it's a horse. It's a well, right. It's a charo. Yeah, it's a creepy kind of uh, ghost demonic story uh, coming out of Mexico. Mm. So you know, I know nothing about this. Yeah, Art knows nothing about it. I'm going to teach Art about it. I'm going to teach you about it. Uh, if you can't wait, if you're ready to get scared out of your mind. Scared out of your freaking gourd. If you're ready to go loco, um, you can fast forward through what we're about to do and That's go right. right to where the timestamp directs you in the show notes. And you can get right into all that ghosty goodness. That ghosty goodness. Because first, before we do that, Art and I got to update you on how we got abducted this week. And we also have to do a bunker alarm. For our newest patron, which yes. I mean, there's no surprise anymore because I already started it. So that's okay. Whatever. But first, we're going to tell you about how we got abducted. Sure. Um. So this has been a, a busy week for us, as usual. As usual. I mean, you both bunk funkers know we got a lot going on. Um. We recently were asked. That's right. By the FTC to become <laughs> uh, standards and practices consultants yeah, for these are other podcasts who are involved in other shows. Mm -hmm. And their job, when they're involved with the TV network or whatever, is to, you know, make sure that TV shows are less less funny. They take out all the 
the swears, the naughty words, things deemed inappropriate right. by the by the FTC, right? Right. So our job was basically to like go through the content and right. Then properly sanitize it for consumption. They came to us and they said, nobody knows how to be like you guys are the foremost experts on being obnoxious, on being inappropriate, on being just frat house chatter, just like the fucking lowest dredges of society. I said, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. <laughs> we are it's experts. good to finally be recognized, be recognized as an expert. <laughs> you know, they were like, oh, there's probably no bad words or weird sexual positions that anybody's going to say that. You guys you know, have most already. people at standards and practices maybe haven't heard of it, but you two degenerate <laughs> cretins are probably already familiar with all of this yeah. disgusting stuff. That's yeah. really only theoretical and no two human beings have ever actually done to each other. Right, right, and it's right. Like, yeah, that's pretty much accurate. Thank you for <laughs> noticing. Right. So, uh, yeah, they, they brought us to consult on a couple of shows. Um, yep. Um, you know, you know, some, uh, I mean, I mean, it's government work. We're not really at liberty to say right which shows. But let's just say you have to have a really high IQ to understand one of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Fellow people of culture will understand. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's just say we weren't in a pickle with this one. We were a pickle. <laughs> Funniest shit I've ever seen. Wink, wink. Um, but yeah, you know, we had to remove certain. You know, like you know, there's there's certain things where it's like you know they want to say. I mean, there's. There's, there's there's like minor league shit where it's like trying to say shit and fuck and piss and cunt right. and fucking motherfucker. And, you know, the seven words, right? Right, the seven words you can't say on TV. Which are much like the dwarves, and sometimes you get them confused with the dwarves. So I would say, like, well, you can't say sleepy, you can't say bashful. And right. they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'd be like, shut up! Who's the expert? <laughs> Who's the standards and practices here? So those are minor, like those are fucking knock them out of the parks. You that's know, easy. That's easy. Out. That's easy. Cause you can just look at the script and see that shit coming. You right. know, what's harder. And this is where we really excel. I think is like, you start to watch, you, you want to watch, especially for some programs that are say animated, <laughs> uh, which maybe we worked on an animated show. Um, you know, if a character's drawn too much, the way the character's drawn, it looks too much like a penis. Right. You want to like make sure that the character doesn't appear in the scene, even if it's really relevant for the plot. So there's things like that that are much harder to detect because you can kind of sneak in like, oh, he's standing upright. Right, right. Oh, but also he's got really big shoes on, so it looks like balls. Right. Well, I mean, then you got to strike him from the thing because it looks too much like a penis. And then there was like, you know, we did a lot of work, good work too. And a lot of part, a big part of standards and practices is protecting Tom Cruise's image. Right. So we had to make sure there's yeah, no little, making fun of Tommy Cruise. Yeah. A little known fact. No that, mentioning the big S. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. A little known fact that. It ain't uh, Superman. Little known fact that uh, certain religions control the F FTC. <laughs> One religion in particular. Yeah. Which is definitely real. And, and definitely not a, scam. a religion. And definitely a religion. And definitely deserves to be tax exempt. <laughs> and definitely is not just a scam created by a science fiction writer. <laughs> despite what you might have heard. So there's a lot of protecting Tom Cruise's image. There's a lot of saying that the new Top Gun movie is the number one movie in the world. It's the and best there's movie a lot ever of, made. I guess a lot of, um, you have to underscore a lot that yeah. both movies performed really well at the box office. Right. Um, and you have to constantly... Mention either, you know, you might not know this, Bunk Funkers. Look for it in your next favorite show that involves Tom Cruise, but there's always an asterisk or in italics somewhere that says, you know, Tom Cruise doesn't know the location of Shelly Miscavige. 
you yeah, know, those sorts of things. Like you have that to make just sure has to be mentioned, right? You have to mention that's in there that <laughs> nobody knows where Shelley Miscavige. Nobody is knows because for all we know, she didn't ever actually exist, <laughs> um, and she definitely had control over her own person and disappeared of her own volition. Um, but right. you know, you also you you have to say you have to make sure that they say things like, "Oh, this is going to be really hard. This mission is impossible." As long as you do that, Tom Cruise is protected. But you know, if Tom Cruise comes up and they draw him right. in the animation, you know, right. because maybe the show is animated. Right, maybe it's an animated show. Um, you gotta make sure that Tom Cruise isn't shorter than all the other characters. He's gotta be taller than them. That's right. He cannot have his height accurately portrayed. Right. Um but you know, there's a lot of different ways to 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 say different things and different phrases. We really oh, are wordsmiths when it comes to the different things and ways you can say stuff, you know, instead of shit, you can say doo-doo. Mm-hmm. You can and say poo-poo. Instead of saying poop, instead of saying cum, you can say crotch custard. You can say sex goo. Right. You can say baby goop. <laughs> you can say my seed. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of different ways to rephrase things, and I don't That's think right. that people, you know, like, I get it that the writers of some shows are rightly considered very intelligent because the material right. they put out can only be understood by higher minds. Right. But, you know, Art and I are kind of the the geniuses of rewriting things, right. I guess, is what right. you want to say. Um, you know, instead of a hand Very job. leech-like. Yeah. You know, we can't create anything fucking good ourselves, but... Fuck, we're like a lamprey. We could, we'll fucking attach ourselves to a shark and just eat the scraps. Right? Yeah, exactly. And we'll redo those scraps. You know, there's no shame about it. There's an old saying that those who can't do teach. (laughs) Yeah, that's us, baby. And those who can't teach become judges. So that's why we've come to judge things because we don't know how to do anything and we can't teach anybody anything. So then we got an interesting, I guess, offer in the mail. Yeah. The look, it's the government, okay? Mm-hmm. Everything's through the mail. Right. They're they're obsessed with their post office. Postal service. Oh my god, the postal service. Um where we were asked to review Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Now, yoy, this show. Our initial response to them was this may be a conflict of interest. Yeah. And <laughs> They said it's not a conflict of interest because nobody's interested in your show. And I <laughs> I guess it makes sense when you think about it. So yeah. we agreed, but whew, I think this show is rough. This is this is bad. Yeah. I mean, there's no drawings, but the pictures you get in your mind are literally of nothing but people who look like penises. <clears throat> Yeah, these guys will they definitely seem very sexually frustrated because mm-hmm. they have to they have to put sexual situations into every single fucking thing they talk about. Yeah, and you can kind of tell that they are losers because they right. keep talking about how great they are and how good at everything they are, but they can't even avoid capture. It's ob- it's obvious that it's a joke, but like not a funny joke, like right. funny like oh ha ha ha. You know, you can tell that it's just kind of sad. So, it's funny in the sense that you're like <laughs> Oh, uh. it's not well crafted because it's kind of been the same thing for multiple years and they just keep pushing it until right. they just the hope is that people just accept it for what it is. Yeah, we listened to a lot of episodes of this show and there wasn't a lot of 
variety in the format or the content. And honestly, the personalities are pretty grating over the long haul. I mean, you know, and these, these obviously things like that fall outside of standards and practices. I mean, <laughs> people are allowed to be grading. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's some feedback for these two hosts that maybe they should consider not being so shitty. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, and they have potty mouths. They really do. Especially one of them. He's yeah. a very sexy mouth, but it's, it's just so filthy. Yeah. He's always talking about being on the toilet. <laughs> And an open face toilet? What even is what even, that? What does that even mean? Does it mean? mean a toilet with no seat? I guess so. I guess so. I guess he's just dropping his buns in the water. Yeah, they, you know. <laughs> I guess his buns are touching the toilet water. Which, you know, you can say that. That's okay. We yeah. can get that through. Buns are okay. Buns are totally okay. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, there's a lot of room for improvement on this show for sure. And um, yeah, we had to, I mean, when we started cutting things, it's like, Basically, you get them saying, welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast, and then saying the whole enchilada, and then it's over. And that's all that's arable. It's rough, Bunk Funkers. And, and honestly, Andy and I were feeling pretty embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're embarrassed for who we are, for the show, and for everything we've ever done. I mean, this is a good lesson to all of you Bunk Funkers out there, <laughs> that introspection can be a good thing, but it can also be pretty devastating. <laughs> I don't recommend looking into yourself too much because you might not like what you find. And I don't think that you want to deal with that. I think you just want to keep doing what you're doing, even if it's destructive to you. Because, look, we looked at this. We looked at this show. And we looked at ourselves. And we said, this is really sad. <laughs> and we started to feel the shame yeah. come over us from right. what we've done and what we continue to do. Right. Years worth of shame. Yeah. Washing over us. Yeah. Like a tidal wave. Yeah. It's like we... Like me, so many moonlit nights, we've fallen down shirtless on the beach at midnight. The tide starts coming in. Yeah. And it just covers our sweaty, right. half-naked bodies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the water starts going in our mouth. And we just sort of cough <coughs> and roll over. Um, And honestly, bunkfuckers, we, um, we sort of just... Just captured ourselves. We feel like there's. We solemnly walked into the bunker, heads heads down, heads down, in shame. But look, we're approaching it this way, bunk funkers. Every, we had to come here. We had to do this, right? Because we have to change. So definitely, starting next week, we are one hundred percent, hundred and ten percent, definitely going to be a. Standards and Practices Approved podcast that is PG-13 or under. Yep. And safe for uh, family and friends, non-explicit, 100%. Safe for, safe for family. We're also going to change the format. Yep. Totally new format. No more conspiracies. No more ghost stories. No more true crime. We're going to be teaching uh, the alphabet. Yep. We're going to be teaching kids math and science. Yep. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a kids podcast. Yeah, it's gonna be mostly kids podcast. We're gonna have a little it's a family segment. podcast. Yeah, we're gonna have a little segment where we do jokes, dad jokes, right? Jokes for kids, knock knock jokes and stuff. That'll go about forty five minutes, and then we're gonna do you know the lesson for the day, right? Um, so uh, yeah, look for that, bunk funkers. Yeah, um, I think you patrons are really gonna love it. Yeah, 
Because I think this is right in your wheelhouse. Yep. A lot of you have kids. They're really going to appreciate how to learn to count. Yep. So we're going to be in the same vein as Sesame Street. Uh, it's yeah. Be, you know, we're even we're even in talks with um, Andy know. and Arts Poppy Seed Street Avenue. That's what it'll be called, Poppy Seed Avenue. Andy and Arts Poppy Seed Avenue. Come on down to Andy and Arts Poppy Seed Avenue. And no, where you're going to learn. Beefers, it's got nothing to do with heroin. We're not. We're That's not, right. No we're, opiates involved. This is not an opiates thing. This is just an education thing. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe we'll have some puppet friends that come by. That's right. And this There's is all a lot of interesting real. characters that live on Indian Arts Poppy Seed Avenue. <laughs> but yeah, it turned out Mr. Bunker was the one who hired us to review our own show. And, mm-hmm. um, you know. It may be one of his better tricks, to be honest. Yeah. Because he got us to do the dirty work. I know, like someone call up fucking Steely Dan because I don't want to do your fucking dirty work. I know. Oops. I think we should start putting coins in a coin jar every time we swear. Yeah. Well, next, this is the transition. Right. But we'll get through this episode and then next week, for sure. Definitely. We're going to start being standards and practices friendly. Mm -hmm. No more frat house chatter. Nope. We're going to be... We're going to be acceptable by everyone. We are going to match everybody's standards and practices. That's our, that is our goal. We want to be, no matter who you are in the world, you will, you will listen to the show and say, I approve. So, right. I, I mean, easy task. Right. Right. Everyone yeah. in the world, pretty similar. Yeah. Now, one of the drawbacks of this means that we, in order for the show to be, Family friendly. We have to completely erase all of our back catalog from the internet. <laughs> so if any of you actually enjoyed any of this content, you got to go out right now and download it. All of it. As many times as you can. Just to make sure you have a copy of it. Yeah. So please go through the entire back catalog. Listen to every episode once, twice, maybe even three times. And, and, and to make sure that you get it, you got to listen all the way through. You can't right. skip. Right. Can't skip any parts of it, or you'll lose no those. Skipping parts. the intro, there'll be no more intros, and then former, and the new one. Right, no intros. We, we understand that a good sixty percent of the population doesn't enjoy it. We're just gonna have so. A, why would we sit here and aim for that forty percent who enjoys the same things that we do? Yep, we're gonna have a new theme song done by Pentatonics, <laughs> and it's gonna be, it's gonna be all about Indian <laughs> Arts Poppy Seed Avenue. Right, learning, family friendly, fun. Um, just, just all around good, wholesome family entertainment, family entertainment. This is going to be one of these podcasts. You can gather the family around, um, your device and just play it for everybody. Right. Turn on your Alexa and let Indian arts, Poppy seed Avenue, fill your home with the sounds of learning. So, well, you know, I mean, we're going to get to that for sure. Next week. Definitely next week. This is going to start. Yeah. Yeah. We've. There's no going back from here. Right. We definitely cannot get out of this. It's for sure going to happen next week. But this week is still, we're in we're in the transition phase. That's right. So this is the last Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. <laughs> before we transition over to That's right. Indian Arts Poppy Seed Avenue. That's right. So we're going we're gonna to get into this. We're going to get into a ghost story today, kind of. Well, we have a bunker alarm. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. 
I know what I'm doing here. Oh, I don't know where you're going sometimes. This isn't going to happen with Andy and Art's Poppies. No, no, no. We'll be much it's more gonna be organized. It's going to be fully scripted out. Fully scripted. Everything scripted. We're going to have a director, a yeah. producer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have somebody with like... Buck and Hamilton's will be involved in some way. With boards on the side so I can't look around. And they're going to have a little Justin whip. Justin Link will do something. Yeah, Justin Link's we'll going to be force him to do it. Yeah, he's going to be one of the puppets. <laughs> uh, he's going to be all the puppets. <laughs> He's going to be actually the guy in the biggest puppet suit. Yeah, he is the Snuffleupagus. The full body, yeah. The Justin, the Justin Nuffle. Justalupagus. Justalupagus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that guy. Shipping magnate. <laughs> Athenos Justalupagus. Um, but before we get into today's topic. Okay. Bunk bunkers. We got to do a bunker alarm. We got to do it. We got a new patron for this show. So, bunk bunkers, this is easy for me today. There's one bunk bunker. There's one. one new patron to thank. Yeah. And it's only one name. Yep. I can't go wrong. So, please, bunk bunkers, join me uh, in thanking our newest bunk bunker, newest patron of this show, Brain. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's Brian. Oh, God damn it. Fuck. Hey, 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 Brian. You get that one, Brian? Hey. Okay, Brian. Lois, where's Brian? <laughs> no, that's not him. <laughs> Brian. Hello, Peter. It's me, Brian. That's not really Brian. <laughs> Little Joe. <laughs> Brian, you ever get that one? Thanks, Brian. Wait, keep going. These are some <laughs> of the best Family Guy impressions the I've ever heard. The best Family Guy. Giggity, giggity, giggity. I do, I do an okay quagmire. Let's do, okay, do giggity, Cleveland. Giggity, giggity. Hello, Peter. Like Cleveland. Later. Uh, all right, do Lois. Peter, Good. It's me, Chris. <laughs> and then Meg. I'm not even fucking do Meg. All right, now Stewie. Oh, Peter. Oh, uh, Chris. It's me. It's me, uh, the pedophile old man who wants to fuck Chris. Oh, that's the best one. Yeah, this is not pretty bad. <laughs> it's me, Stewie. Stewie Griffin. I'm an eel. What the deuce? Remember, that was my catchphrase with the deuce. Oh, I'm an evil little baby, but I'm also the best part of the show. A lot of my it's clips me, are on TikTok. It's Christ. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, it's me, Joe. I'm in a wheelchair and I don't have legs. I'm Joe's wife, Bonnie. I'm kind of an ancillary character. Can you do... Um... Oh, oh no. Oh, I'm this guy. <laughs> Don't know my name. Can you go back and do some more Peter for us? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Peter Schmidt. <laughs> Don Knox. Lois. Mr. Peter Schmidt. <laughs> Brian is getting out of the county jail. Brian, this is like that one time that I joined a Patreon for a stupid fucking conspiracy <laughs> comedy show. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, Brian. That that, that, was, that was for you. A little bit for you, Brian. That's not part of. That's not the bunker alarm. That's, that's just for it. you. That's a little taste. That's just a little a little extra. This will wet your whistle, Brian. Brian, thank you so much for being a patron of the show. We do really appreciate it. Um, and in your honor for becoming a patron of this show, we're gonna do something really special, which we do for every patron. So it's not all that special <laughs> for you. But we're gonna do your own custom uh, bunker alarm uh, as. Given to us by the Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000. Mm. So I'm just going to go ahead and turn the machine on here. 
Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, big. <laughs> oh, my God. Like classic Frankenstein level power switch. Yes. It's alive. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. All right. I'm being hoisted into the air with the machine. <laughs> Look at him. Into the active storm that's happening right now. <laughs> There's a storm. I'm sure that you can hear the thunder and the lightning cracking in the background, which you, is definitely yeah. not being added in post. Or it might not get yeah, I don't we'll know. See. We'll see what happens. We'll see what kind of week one of us we'll, is having. We'll see if the microphone picked it up. <laughs> yes. It's alive. <laughs> Oh, wow. Large, uh, I don't even know what those are called. Circular valve. A large wheel. Wheel valve. <laughs> Crustier wheel valve. That one needs a little grease. <laughs> now, flip the switch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andy flipped the same switch that powered it on. Ah, it does more than one thing. Why shouldn't it? All right. That's that's great engineering. <laughs> now we just wait for the lightning strike, and then the alarm will go off in three. <laughs> that's right. I control the lightning. Three, two, one. Wow. Brian. Brian. That was your bunker alarm. Brian, Brian, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Hey, can top, I get down from here? Top, no, you're stuck up there, buddy. Uh, the machine turned off. Oh, Andy is. And the voice. storm's gone. Oh, look. <laughs> oh, Brian. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brian. Brian, top marks for not trying. Arctic Monkeys lyric. Wow. Uh, I just wanted to get that one out there. Wow, great. Um, but Brian, thank you. Thank yeah. you for the patronage. Thank you for the uh, supporting the show. And, uh, you know, yeah. Brian, thank I- I'm Mort. I'm another character that's also on the show. Has he, has he, does he show up that often? I don't know, dude. I don't watch Family Guy. No, I only watch either. the clips on fucking, uh, like, TikTok and YouTube shorts. Yeah. That's all I've seen for a long time. Um, anyway, Brian, thank you so much for your support of the show. We hope you enjoy all that extra sexy content for patrons only behind the scenes content. In fact, it's behind the scenes because it is behind a, uh, some kind of curtain. It's behind some kind of curtain. We don't know. know. We're not in charge of the curtains right. around here. Right. Brian, we hope you enjoy all that extra content, including uh, tens of hours of extra episodes, uh, a cooking video. That right. art night, we would cook the whole enchilada in the nude. Right. Um, headshots of me and art delivered to your house daily. <laughs> yeah. Whether you want them or not, it's That's you can't right. turn it off. That's it's right. not a feature you can shut down. <laughs> um, access to the Discord. Yeah. We hope you'll join us and join in the conversation. But no pressure. No pressure. Brian, we're so glad to have you. Uh, Bunkfunkers, if you are so envious of Brian right are now. Are you envious of Brian? You should be. Because- I no, bunkfuckers don't don't do this to yourselves. Don't do this to Brian. Don't do not covet him. We're all in different parts in our life. That's true. There's no reason to covet other people. In fact, it's a commandment. It's One a of commandment. the ten. Yeah, don't covet your neighbor's ass or pussy or dick. Is that one? Yeah. Yeah. Covering his donkeys or something. Right? No, don't covet his ass. Right. Or his right. dick. Yeah. His dick and balls. Or his pussy. Whatever your neighbor's got, don't covet it. <laughs> Stop coveting it. Stop looking at your neighbor and coveting them. Just be, be happy. 
the message of the Bible is be happy with what you got. Sure. And don't ask any questions. Bunk Bunkers, if you're envious, <laughs> Brian, and you think, I want all that access to that content, and I want, and I want to be a patron of this show for some reason, like I did into Gilbert Godfrey. But if you want <laughs> access to all this stuff and more, if you're so inclined, if you have the means to do so, visit us at patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. And for only $5 a month, you can get access to all that great content. Yes, you can. Um, but now we've got some other great content for you. Yes, we do. Because we're jumping in. We're jumping in hard, too. Hard and this hot. Is a, this is a shallow pool, and we're belly flopping into it. Oh, hell yeah. And we're going to smash into the bottom of the pool, oh, and we're going to spray the water of knowledge all over you about El Charo Negro here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. <laughs> Brian, this is like that time when I was in Mexico and I helped bring about a cryptid legend thing. <laughs> Boing Foingers! Boing Foingers! As we mentioned already, today's episode was suggested by a longtime beefer and nearly the OG patron of this show, Pedro. When Pedro suggested this topic, he also mentioned that he more easily believes the stories of the supernatural that come out of Mexico than those that come out of the USA. That he feels that Mexico may have more paranormal activity overall. And other bunk funkers agreed with this sentiment that wow. Mexico is maybe a more mysterious and supernatural place than the USA. So I thought, why not see how Art and I feel? Okay. Right? Will we be swayed by this creepy story coming from Mexico? How many Mexican names and Spanish words can I mispronounce? <laughs> we'll find out all that and more on today's episode. El Charro Negro. <laughs> All right, play the theme song. Oh. Uh, what, we don't have the theme for this episode? Uh, Andy. Huh? We don't, uh, we don't, we've never done an episode. We didn't talk about this. Oh. Um, well, then I guess I'll just move on. I had this really cool idea where there was like, you know, there would be this intro. Uh-huh. And then there would be this like break and I would like make it set up and it would be like this real fast, like, yeah, you know, 15, 30 second, like musical bump. Okay. You didn't. Well, I didn't get that memo. I didn't send it to you. You just assumed that it would appear out of nowhere. I thought we were on the same page about this. This thing that we've never discussed or done in any episode ever. Yeah. I don't know why this is so hard for you. Can you ever just meet me halfway on anything? Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the story. Oh, geez. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck me, dude. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot to Thank read your, you. I forgot to read Thank your you. mind. Thank you for the apologizing. Thing I can do. <laughs> Thank you for apologizing. <sighs> <sighs> anyway, today's story begins in the Mexican state of Jalisco. Ooh. On Mexico's central western coast. So this is along the uh, Pacific Ocean. Yeah. You know, Jalisco goes like... From the center of Mexico, like to the coast, okay, in that general like center of the country kind of thing. Um, um, specifically in eastern Jalisco is the city of San Juan de los Lagos, 
uh, which is home to the Basilica of the Virgin of San Juan de los Logos. Hmm. Uh, the Basilica is a pilgrimage site for members of the Catholic faith uh, because inside the Basilica. Love a good Basilica. I know. that You know what it means. What's the know. difference between a cathedral and a basilica? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> a cathedral is like, I don't know what the difference is when you start talking about chapel, cathedral, One church. has a buttress? A basilica is when the Pope has visited. Oh. So in the nineteen in nineteen ninety, I think exactly, Pope John Paul II came to this very church. popular Pope. Very popular Pope. So he visited this this town in Jalisco wow. and visited this church. So now it's a basilica. Um but the church itself is very old. Dates back to the uh 18th century. Nice. Cool. Um but the basilica is a pilgrimage site for members of the Catholic faith because inside the basilica is a small image of the Virgin Mary. It's only like 38 centimeters high, so it's not very big. Okay. Um, it's made from sugarcane paste and is believed to date back to the early 1500s. This is a portrait? It's a portrait. Picture of the Virgin Mary. Oh, made of sugarcane paste. Sugarcane paste. Can't let that get wet. Yeah, no. Better not put your fucking stupid fun dip sticks. That's stupid oh. fucking opinion. Oh, man. Can you imagine if you melted down Jeremy? Hear me out on this. Yeah. If you melted down a bunch of those fun yeah. dip sticks, yeah. Why don't you what kind of artwork could you do with that? fucking Justin Link again and say that, Oh, a plethora of other bunk bunkers agreed with me that fun dip sticks are at least three. I heard no disagreements. There was that, like one. I heard no disagreements, though. <laughs> no objections to this thought. Nobody challenging this. Yeah, okay. That means wide acceptance. Uh-huh. So anyway, <laughs> the image of the Virgin Mary, this sugarcane paste image of Mary, was credited with its first miracle in 1623. Um. And here's the story behind the first miracle. A family of acrobats had a show <laughs> which included them, quote unquote, flying over a row of spear points. Mm. The seven-year-old daughter in the family fell onto the spears while they were performing and died instantly. Got to get good. Local women brought the image of the Virgin Mary to the body of the child and prayed over it. And the girl revived. Whoa. Came back to life from the dead. And the talent agent goes, that was a hell of an act. What do you call it? And the dad goes, the aristocrats. <laughs> like two weeks in a row. I know, I can't help it. It was, it was the setup was too the good. It was there. Was, wow. But that's Just the, guess. but that's the that's the first miracle. An acrobat died falling on spears. And was revived from the dead by the this image. Is, this is a famous thing in Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. This is in Catholic in Catholic lore. <laughs> like you fucking put the image of the Virgin Mary or somebody else on something and performs a miracle, right? The the Virgin Mary. Um, you know, there's another uh, famous location in Guadalajara mm-hmm. in Mexico, and it's also a a, a place of miracles. Related to the Virgin Mary. Jesus so, on toast never did shit, though. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's ever been cured by Jesus on a piece of toast. Right. But his mom, very good at miracles. Right. In lots of different places. So the image's fame after this in 1623, the image's fame only grew from there. And today, San Juan de los Lagos hosts hundreds of visitors every day at the Basilica. Wow. And an estimated, and an estimated more than 7 million people every year come to the Whoa. Basilica. Especially on like holidays and big celebrations. Um, they can Damn. have like up to 2 million people at one event. So it's a very, very well-traveled spot. Yeah, sounds like it. <clears throat> so San Juan de los Lagos was already famous by the end of the 18th century. 
The miracles attributed to the Virgin's intercession attracted many people to the area, including some people who were wealthy. One of the people that showed up in the town around this time was a man who was good looking. He had superlative manners and arrived in the city dressed as a charro with a beautiful horse. He had a beautiful oh, horse. Sounds like a combo of me and you. I know, right? It's got, you're good looking, you have good manners, and you dress like a charro, and I am a horse. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, if, for those of you bunk funkers who don't know what a charro is, I'm going to explain it. A charro... Uh, and I'm sorry that I don't roll. I'm not rolling the R's. All right. It should be a charro, but I, I, you know, charro. my American dialect. But anyway, uh, charros are basically like traditional Mexican cowboys or rancheros, uh, if you will. They have a distinctive style of dress, which typically includes a sombrero, a serape, uh, an embroidered jacket, sometimes very heavily embroidered, um, and tight cut pants. Ooh. Yeah, they're like uh, they're like gauchos, but uh, a little bit more uh, snazzied up. It's yeah, like gaucho going to a fucking wedding or something. It's like a very it's like a very fancy kind of cowboy, right? Is basically what it is. Um, and so elaborate charro style outfits eventually became in Mexico a display of wealth, like mm -hmm. a way to show off how rich you were. Mm -hmm. The more elaborate your outfit is, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're riding on horseback. Um, so with that context in mind, let's go back to the story. So this handsome, congenial guy rides into town on a beautiful horse. And he's dressed like a charro. The man had a name, but it's lost to history because everyone in town just knew him as El Charro Negro. Now, regardless of what his name was, this charming fella immediately began to try to make friends with all the locals in San Juan de los Lagos. The man tried to approach all the social circles in the town, asking so many questions about the town, its customs. Wow, this really does sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except for the whole approaching people part. Right, right. But he had a lot of questions. Yeah, a lot of questions. Uh, he wanted to know about the architecture in the town and the history of all the buildings. Now, what he told people was that he came from Spain and that he was waiting for a delivery of some goods, which he didn't bring with him because he was looking for a place to live and considered San Juan de los Lagos a good place to live. But he was trying to investigate, basically, is what he said. Now, at every step, this man, he's so good looking, so charming. The women in town are kind of infatuated with him, right? Like, he's like, wow, this is a great looking guy. Um, so much so that he gets starts to create some jealousy uh, with the men in town. Whoa. Who, who eventually only start being nice to him because he's got good manners. Okay. Like he's so nice to them. They feel like they have to be nice to him, but they don't like him. So this is a dude who women want to fuck. He's just like you. And dudes want to, want to be, be beat into a pulp. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Just like you. So <laughs> the suspicion from the men in town led to El Charro Negro being watched by all the men in the town. They start like keeping an eye on what he's doing. So unknown to the people in the, in San Juan de los Lagos, El Charo Negro was actually in the employ of the Spanish crown. He was an agent for the Spanish emperor. Okay. The town of San Juan de los Lagos had a fair every year in honor of the Virgin Mary. And El Charo Negro was in town to investigate where missing profits from the fair had been diverted because they weren't making their way into the coffers of the Spanish empire. That's for sure. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So, El Charo Negro finally gets a tip that some mysterious jugs 
arrived at a house in town during the festival. Okay. And I mean, let me tell you, I've been to some festivals where I saw mysterious jugs. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but anyway, the suspicion is that maybe the money was held inside these jugs. Yeah. Uh, these. I went to, hey, Peter, I went to, or hey, Brian, <laughs> I went to Mardi Gras. I saw a lot of mysterious. Ah, oh, fuck. You know where I'm going with it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That, yeah. A lot of mysterious. Just like jugs. Family Guy, that joke you can read before it ever hits. You yeah. don't have to wait for the punchline. Well, there would be a, so you do the flashback and then it would be like, they would, they would flip the joke again where it would actually be Peter looking at weird jugs. Right. And that would be the bit. Yeah. And you just do that like 50 times. Yeah. You guys have an episode. There's no reason to write a cohesive plot. Not not anymore. Yeah. Who cares? Season 45 of that show. They don't have to do anything. Yeah. Just make the drawings, just make the drawings talk. Um, so so El Charo Negro rents a house next door to the house that he suspected hiding the money from the fair. So where these jugs were believed to be delivered. So what he thinks is I'm going to dig underground to get onto this property. Makes total sense to me. Makes Why would you sense. try the door or the window or the nope, roof? No, no, no reason to walk over there nope, and start talking nope, to people nope, nope, nope. because you're a charming person. Like obviously people right. will talk to you, but instead you should just dig into their property. So he digs underground. Uh, when he pops his head out of the ground on the other property, the homeowner is waiting for him. Assuming I thought El- you were a gopher. <laughs> no, it's me. <laughs> I'm having a bad day. <laughs> so um, when a good dog going for me. So when El Charo Negro pops his head out from underground, the homeowner's there waiting for him. And assuming that El Charo Negro had come to bang his wife, the homeowner decapitates El Charo Negro with a machete. I don't, Without any questions, apparently. Hey, I don't blame this just guy. Just instantly decapitates him with if a machete. If you try to dig on my property in any way, shape, or form, I will decapitate you with a machete. Right. So it makes sense. So here's the interesting part of this story, Art, because I know the rest has been kind of boring. <laughs> but interestingly, El Charo Negro's headless body runs away, gets out of the ground and runs away by itself. Uh, a search for the body turned up nothing. So the townsfolk buried only El Charo Negro's head. And since that fateful night, the townsfolk say that during the fair, you can hear the spurs of El Charo Negro walking down the street and you can hear the neighing of horses. It's also said that women in the town have strange dreams and the men in town wake up with less money than they had the night before. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is probably something that our robber told them. Oh, it's probably El Charo Negro. Yeah. Hey, that's right. (laughs) Taking his fucking wallet. Yeah. Now, as scary as that story was, gird your loins here, Boink Foinkers, because that's just one version of the tale of El Charo Negro. Wow. Let's jump into another creepy story, okay? So once there was a man named Juan. He was a very poor and humble miner who, uh, like all of his fellow miners, was being exploited for his labor. Sure. And didn't get paid enough. Tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. Tale as current as time. <laughs> So, uh, Juan and his wife, Maria had two children, a six-year-old girl, or in some versions, it's a boy. They had a six-year-old and they also had a two-month-old baby boy. So one day after work, Juan and his friends go to the cantina for a drink Oh yeah, and they're all complaining about work and how little they get paid. Love it. So Juan says while they're out drinking that he wish he was rich. He said he would give anything to be rich. Soon as he says that, 
a tall man dressed in a jet black charo outfit approaches him. Now, Juan couldn't see the man's face because of the the sombrero, um, but he could smell this strong aroma, this burning scent uh, that seemed to go behind this man. Like sulfur? Yeah. Wow. So the man stands next to Juan, and in a deep, ghastly voice, he asks him, Anything? If you're serious. I mean, in my version, he sounds like Batman. <laughs> this is, you're, you're, you're this version of Charo Negro. Yeah. I was the other one. Yeah, you were the other one. That This is me. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to people's conversations yeah. at the bar and then approach, approaching them creepily. <laughs> Smells of sulfur. Yeah. I ate a lot of eggs. <laughs> Anything? <laughs> if you're serious, meet me at the old abandoned mine at midnight. <laughs> Uh, well, I think I already see where this story is going, oh, though, right, yeah. Bungbungers? One is about to become a male prostitute. <laughs> Let's see how this turns out. So later, Juan leaves the cantina, he leaves his friends, and he starts walking home. And he remembers he's in an inebriated state, okay? Sure. Um, so he kind of forgot about the offer that the 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 black charo had made to him in the, right. in the cantina. But he remembers as he's walking home. So he decides he's going to go to the old abandoned mine. He gets to the old mine's entrance right at midnight. He didn't see anything weird and nothing's going on. So he's getting ready to leave when all of a sudden he sees a hole and a big snake inside of it, Whoa. which Juan thinks the snake is staring at him. So well, yeah, Juan is so impressed with the size of this snake. Uh-huh. He decides to, yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, it's a big ass fucking snake. <laughs> oh man, you got such a big snake there. El Charo Negro. <laughs> So anyway, he decides he's going to take this snake home because it's so big. Um, Okay. And he's going to sell it the next day for some money. So he takes out a sack. He grabs the stick and puts the stick, gets the snake on the stick, puts the stick in the bag. Classic snake catching technique. Yeah. So once he gets home, Juan puts the sack inside a dry well. So like a water well that's empty, Mm -hmm. that's dry. Mm -hmm. He puts it in there and he covers, covers it with some boards. So the snake can't get out. So it's trapped inside the well. Um, Juan's wife, uh, Maria, keeps asking him why he got home so late, um, but Juan is too drunk. He can't tell her anything. So they go to bed, uh, and all night long, Juan has these horrible nightmares about the snake. In his dreams, the snake says to him, thank you for receiving me in your home and accepting me in your souls. You have received the, pay- you have received the payment for your soul. You will find it in your barn. If you decide to accept it, you will have to give me your son. So the next morning, one wakes up, he rushes to the barn, and in his barn, he finds sacks full of money. Whoa. He's still shocked at all this money that's in his barn, and then Maria is crying. He, he's interrupted looking at this money because Maria is crying. She tells him their baby, their two-month-old, is missing. <gasps> their, their older child yeah. starts pointing at the well. Juan goes over to the well. It's untouched from the night before. The boards are still on the top. He takes the boards off of the well, and he finds the shredded remains of his son's body. But no trace at all of the snake. The snake has disappeared. Juan is devastated by this, but he keeps the money. But he's rich. But he's rich. And so he tries to cope by spending money. So uh, after some time, the snake reappeared in Juan's dreams. Um, The snake offered to multiply Juan's fortune 
in exchange for another child. Juan, you should ask for a penny that doubles every single day. That's what you should have done. The principles of compound interest. <laughs> so, Juan has kind of a change after this second appearance of the snake. He starts to take mistresses in towns all over the place. Nice. And he does this in order to have more children. Yeah, Juan's a fucking baller. Mm -hmm. So, once these children are born, the mysterious Charo Negro would appear and take the children away. And after a few years, Juan is very rich. Juan's got a business. Has, yeah, this is his business. He's, and no one is questioning how this guy made this fucking unbelievable fortune. No, Juan is a lot like Craster in uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, where he's just he's just having children to keep the White Walkers from, you know, uh, you know, attacking him. Sure. So he can live beyond the wall. But anyway, so when Juan passes away, um, people are at his funeral. People are praying at his funeral. While they're doing this, the Black Charo reappears he walks down the aisle to where the casket is and says in his deep voice one i'm here to collect your last payment as soon as the charo finishes this sentence he disappears leaving behind only the smell of sulfur which is a lot like you said a lot like briefly encountering me yeah so wands mourners who were very frightened by what just happened they decide to open the casket to their surprise, only the skeleton was left of Juan's body. According to legends, since that night, El Charo Negro appears at night in the streets of cities and rural roads, looking for those who exchange their soul and also their sons for some gold coins. Seems like a fair trade. Yeah, <laughs> fair trade. Yeah, Wait. you can have my soul and my son and give me some money. Stick a little bit of money for that. When was the soul part of the contract? It seems like they had a, a pretty legitimate business going on here where he's giving up kids. Remember, the snake said, thank you for accepting me into your home and into your souls. Oh. The hey. snake told him this in his dreams. Right. Should have listened to the fucking fine print. Mm -hmm. He didn't pay attention well enough. He was too Should have had a lawyer review that fucking contract. <laughs> yeah. That's why I always have a lawyer in my dreams in case anything legally binding dream comes lawyer. up. Yeah, dream lawyer. Have you been <laughs> Have you been harmed by a snake in your dream? Call me. 555 Artie Hammer. And I'll fucking I'll bring out my big red marker and I'll redline that contract. Have you been hit by a semi truck in your dreams? <laughs> Let me sue the trucking company. Dream law. Dream law. I specialize in dream law. <laughs> yeah you're a real charlie day um so hey beavers what do you say we take this episode from the supernatural to the natural whoa or, or, or something. Ices. i don't know whatever let's talk about a 20th century encounter with el charo necro okay yeah uh not an origin story but just a full-on experience involving el charo negro so in 1966 a man named Abundio Rosas was returning to his home located on the outskirts of the port of Veracruz, which is on Mexico's east coast. That's right. Uh, although there, so it's on the Gulf side. Although there was a moon that night, <clears throat> it was hidden among the tops of the trees. So there's, it's very dark that night, uh, which kind of makes uh, Abundio a little bit frightened, right? Uh, because of all the weird shapes cast in the shadows of the moonlight up in the trees. So, at some point while walking, 
home, Abundio feels somebody's following him, but he's too afraid to turn around. So instead, he starts walking faster, and he pulls out his machete that he always carries with him. Hell yeah. He's always Good move. So lots of machetes in this lore. <laughs> yeah, I love it. A lot of machetes. So anyway, Obundio felt that whatever was following him was getting closer. Even though he quickened his pace, it's getting closer. Suddenly, he's overtaken by a cold sweat. He starts to feel faint. And despite all this fear, he decides to turn around and face whatever it is. He turns around, and what he saw was a huge black horse with beautiful hair. Wow. Beautiful jet black horse. Wow. Um, Big old horse cock. (laughs) Giant. Massive cock. Giant, fully erect penis on this horse. But this horse has horrible eyes, glowing red (laughs) eyes. Big old glasses. Can't see very well. Can't see anything. He's totally blind. No. These horrible demonic eyes that Ugh. look like they're throwing fire. Ugh. It was ridden on top of the horse is this tall, skinny man in a black hat who had no eyes, no nose, or mouth. That's creepy. Abundio is so frightened, he's basically paralyzed. He's just shaking in fear. And this Charo riding on top of this horse holds out a hand that's red with long nails. And he took a bag, uh, one of the bags on the side of the horse, and hands it over to Obundio. Um, And then he opens the bag, and it's full of money. But Obundio turns it down. He doesn't want to accept it. Uh, The Charo offers it to him again, and Obundio again refuses the offer. Then the Charo turned on his horse without saying a word, because he has no mouth, and he rides away from Obundio. The horse doesn't make a sound no clip clop of the hooves nothing that's my kind of horse Just totally silent um so after this obundio finally goes home and when he gets there he's scared so scared he can't eat he tells his wife what happened um and she is also scared hearing this story so as expected that night neither one of them can sleep the next day obundio gets up early and he goes to the place where he had seen this mysterious charo he looked around all over the site and he couldn't find anything that could be considered evidence of this Charo's existence. And after that night, El Charo Negro never appeared to Obundio again. Never saw this happen again. Smart guy. Smart guy. He turned it down. Didn't lose his soul. So those are some of the stories about El Charo Negro as a paranormal activity. And there's a lot of stories like this all across the different regions of Mexico. And a lot of them are like highly localized for the area and stuff. So let's talk about El Charo Negro in a more cultural context. So the area that is now known as Mexico has been populated by people for over 13,000 years. Long Mm -hmm, time, Art. mm -hmm. And it's been home to some impressive human civilizations such as the Olmecs, the Maya, and the Aztecs. And as we've discussed in our episode on pre-Columbian contact theories, Mexico may have been visited by people from the old world, so to speak, before Chris Columbus, director of Home Alone, arrived in 1492. (laughs) But regardless, large-scale Spanish exploration and conquest began in the early 16th century. The Spanish capture of the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan in 1521 officially kicks off the Spanish colonial period in Mexico. So, obviously the colonial period caused there to be some blending of cultures between indigenous people and Europeans now living and ruling in Mexico. 
Uh, so some folks who are much smarter than I say that El Charo Negro is a result of the syncretism uh, or the amalgamation of different cultures between the Spanish and indigenous peoples. Charos themselves are a product of the same syncretism. Sure. Because obviously there was famously was, were no horses in Central America. Right. Uh, before the Europeans arrived. So there was no horseback riding. Um, so the fact that there are Charos is obviously a blending of cultures. Right, right, right. Um, so the result of the meeting of these two cultures also it brings together two religions, right? Uh, the the religion of Mesoamerican people and the religion of people from Spain, which is Roman Catholicism. Uh, and the result is a uh, mestizo or a blended hmm. native and Spanish. Mestizo is like a word <clears throat> they use to describe sure. this blend of like indigenous and European. <clears throat> but it creates this mestizo popular culture that creates a figure of Ibero-American folklore good term, that is El Charo Negro. So within the indigenous culture, um, apparently there is no punishing spectrum of like cultural beliefs. You know, like we have in in Christianity, there's the devil. There's not a oh. similar thing in Mesoamerican. There's no punishment. Like it's it's levels of goodness, but it's this not It's all good times. Right. Well, I don't know about that. It's like, Bad stuff happens, but sure, you know, you're not getting punished for things. So all of these um, ghosts and spirits um, are more like guardians of different things within the territory, like crops, animals, mines, things like that. Um, and so they defended indigenous people saw these spirits as defending them from the greed of colonizers when the colonizers arrived, when the Spanish arrived. So but this perspective changed as colonizers the Spanish tried to convert the population to Christianity. So within a lot of like in a lot of Christianity, right? The Spanish didn't try to just completely wipe everything out. They tried to co-opt some of the stuff and like already religious practices and sure. just replace it with Christian stuff and right. Christianize things. So an example of this is human sacrifice. It's the, like diet Coke with lime, right? It's still diet Coke. You just try to lose with lime. You're trying to limeize it. <laughs> So human sacrifice is a good example of this. Oh, great example. So the Aztecs- Love I, it. I mean- Love it. Love the human sacrifice. Let's keep it. I love it. Hey, we fucking sacrificed our guy. His name was Jesus Christ. You ever heard of him? <laughs> no, but here's the thing, Art. So Aztecs, human sacrifice was a part of Aztec religion, right? Yeah, yeah. Big, so yeah. the Aztecs, the Spaniards thought human sacrifice was horrible. Oh, oh. Because obviously the Spaniards are very empathetic and they believe that right. everybody has a right to exist. Killing people is wrong. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> what did you say about Jesus? Anyway, you didn't say it right. You're dead now. So, I mean, obviously the um, the Spanish Inquisition was very pleasant and it was just people. Great time. Just people fact finding. Um, so the Spanish hate human sacrifice. They make the Aztecs stop it. Quit it. But they're like, hey, you can't human sacrifice anymore. But you know what you can do? You can eat the flesh and blood of Christ. Here you go. Here's the Eucharist. A win-win for everybody. So that's an, that's an example of some of the stuff that they did. Um, so this all gets tied in with the image of the colonizers who are seen as um, money givers with the exchange of labor being exploited. So they're paying you, but they're also exploiting you, right? Like they're paying you, but not enough. They're exploiting you for your labor, um, which is like, people see this as selling their soul, right? Yeah. Like 
they know that they're not getting a good deal. Selling your soul to these, yes. Right. These, you've yeah. sold you've sold out your country, you've sold out your people right, right, to the right, colonizers, right. you've sold your soul for that. this little bit of money. So um and all of this gets combined with like things like bullfighting, um, the rodeo, this image of this black charo as like a representation of the devil. Um, so because it's like there's this light and dark thing. So the dark is obviously the evil and light is the good. Right, right, um, right. So um, in other words, the like a demon of the Mesoamerican culture gets reworked into Charo Negro. Um, and this is like a cautionary tale for people. So the coexistence between the indigenous and mestizo culture uh, had caused some economic conflicts um, where, you know, the mestizos take over their indigenous land for their own benefit, you know, for trade or whatever it might be. So according to some records, uh, there's a God called Mestizo Azul, uh, which within the indigenous culture, specifically the uh, Huicol culture, it represents the stereotype of the colonizer who threatens the native culture. So this God Mestizo Azul is more powerful than the other Huicol gods themselves, but He's a despot. He's an authoritarian. He's a he's a money collector, and he has no forgiveness. So he's just a cold, hard, hard tax man. Yeah, exactly. So here's a little story for you. Uh, San Martin de Caballero is known in Mexico as a saint who is asked for money. You say, when you want money, you say, San Martin de Caballero, give me a little money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you also offer alfalfa to his horse. Hell yeah. So- while in Hate the that little rascal, <laughs> have you ever done this before? Oh yeah, I've fed children to horses. Thank you. Okay, so in the uh, Mazatec culture, um, uh, San Martin de Caballero is a considered a nocturnal being, um, but not a saint. Um, so he's known as the owner of the lands and the mountains. He owns everything, like the natural world, and his characteristics are those of the Spanish colonizers. He's white. And he greets you in Castellan. So he's like, he's from Castile. And some nights he comes down to visit his animals and watch over buried treasures. Now, if you want to get money from this being, you have to approach him in a state of sexual abstinence and you have to offer him cocoa or a turkey. So I could probably be this guy. Yeah, you can't be fucking. Yeah. But you got to be loving that chocolate and meat. Get me some chocolate turkey. So... Give me a chocolate turkey, a Thanksgiving treat. <laughs> so San Martin de Caballero will give the people instructions when he gives them money, which include um, taking his horse by the tail to the petitioner's house and to not tell anybody anything about the encounter for four years. And if the person doesn't fulfill either one of those things, uh, their soul is condemned and they die immediately. Wow. And San Martin stakes. de Caballero takes the body and soul and makes the body and soul work for him. So he like takes them and makes them work forever. So what I'm, what I'm driving at here is that El Charo Negro in the like popular folklore represents this dark side of humanity. And it's a warning about greed basically. So beefers, that's the story of El Charo Negro cautionary tale to all you would be colonizers out there. That's right. Now, honestly, I mean, Everybody, you'd think the Spaniards with their rabid Roman Catholicism should have 
understood the perils of greed, right? Boy, boys, let's open our Bibles, King James Version, to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, and I quote, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? As for me, I can't answer those questions. I tried to sell my soul a few years back and was told my soul was, quote, not usable and of, quote, exceptionally poor quality. <laughs> I also can't answer the questions of what will happen if you go out walking after midnight out in the moonlight in Mexico in a rural area. Maybe you'll come across a handsomely dressed figure on horseback, a jet black version of Denver's Lucifer, and maybe he'll take your soul for riches. Maybe. If you're good-hearted and true, you'll get something better than wealth. A whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that helped shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Welcome back to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. That was my research into El Charro Negro. Um, Art, how's this story strike you, my friend? I, it's it's striking me great. Wow. Uh, you know, obviously, I, we, we covered La Llorona yeah. before. Um, another fun, famous South American... Um, I think La Llorona and El Charro Negro are considered like the two those primary the, ghost tales yeah, from Mexico. Those are the heavy hitters. Like the most famous. I'm getting vibes of, of Red Ghost of Arizona as well. Really? Yeah, a little bit of that. A little hint of that. Mm-hmm. What other notes am I getting? <sighs> as I smell this We're swirling El Charro Negro in our mouths. Mm, <coughs> um, no, I think this is great. I think um, I love both of the... All, all three of the stories I think that you picked are very full of flavor and zest and, um, you know, they have a lot of uh, fun tie-ins. Um, 
Now, what do you think, Andy? Would you accept El Charo Negro's offer for vast riches for your soul and the souls of all your bastard children? A lot of fucking money, dude. You can live a pretty nice life. If it was my soul, yeah, sure. You get to fuck on the reg. I can't, I can't sign. You get to sire children on the reg. Yeah. You get to buy boats on the reg. I don't know what else you do with lots of money, but buy boats. It's all you do. That's all you're allowed to do. Buy jets. Buy jets and boats. Jets and boats. Boats and hoes. Um, boats and hoes. If it was just my soul, I would give it. I would do it. You couldn't do that to all those children's. I couldn't do it to the show because you know what? They didn't get a say in it. If they all agreed and they said, yeah, we want to be rich, we're willing to give up our souls, I'd go, okay. But if they said no, I couldn't do it. That's, that's my problem with Juan. Wow. He didn't ask his, his, his son. His two-year-old can talk to him. Two, well, also, two month old. why would him taking a snake home be a sign of like, oh, yeah, I, I want to like, he was just like, oh, look at this dope fucking snake. Yeah. He's well, like, I'm going to take this fucking thing home and sell it. Well, keep in mind. Who's he selling a snake to? I don't know. It's a good question. One of these snake guys. I yeah, guess. fucking snake guys show up at the park. Some guy with a terrarium. I remember when I was a little kid. You ever have this happen to you? Yeah. I was a little kid and we were playing like it was uh, a baseball or something. It was like oh. either practice. I think it was practice. Might have yeah. been a game, but it might have been practice. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously we're all in the little team and like some older kids came by. Mm -hmm. And so I'm little. I'm like probably, I don't know, seven, eight, whatever. And yeah. then like these kids had to have been like. Nearly nearing 18. And one of them had a fucking snake. He brought a snake to the park. So he like had the snake coiled around his arm and then its little head was near his hand. And he was yeah. like showing it off and we're like, it's fucking coolest fucking thing in the world. Like this is the dopest. This is the peak of cool. Yeah. Now as an older adult, I think what a bunch of fucking weirdos walking around a park, going up to little kids being like, check out my snake. Like in high school. <laughs> And this was like the early 2000, like this would have been late 90s, early 2000s. So these kids were probably like, like, you know, like wearing fucking Jinko jeans and like the corn kids, you know, like right. fucking weirdos. What a bunch of fucking creeps. You know, better been related to somebody on the team. You know, I think it's interesting. Fucking snake pedos. People, people who like are into snakes. <laughs> you don't, do you ever really know any people like people who are into dogs? Like they might have one dog two dogs yeah like it always feels like people who are into snakes get like a lot of snakes yeah like i don't know i if had that's... a cousin who was into snakes did he have a lot of snakes she uh would she have a lot of snakes she was into all kinds of animals yeah all kinds lots of different reptiles well, you know honestly if you get into like rats and mice and you're into snakes it's a very self-sustaining operation <laughs> that's awful rats it's a are... circle of life baby rats are apparently um like incredible pets. Yeah, I've heard that. We, we maybe even have talked about this before. They're very smart. Smart. They're like emotionally present animals. Yeah, kind like of they capable feel of emotions. Yeah. They, they, they care for you. They can be trained. Yeah. But then they only live for like a year. It's like fucking mm -hmm. heartbreaking. Yeah, I went to the, uh, I was at this moth exhibit, this butterfly exhibit uh, the other day. And there was this huge moth there. And it was like pretty impressive. It's a huge fucking moth, the Atlas moth. Was it alive? It was alive. Oh. And the, the person at the exhibit was saying that the the moth only lives for five days. And it's it lives such a short time in this giant state. 
it doesn't have to eat or anything. Like all of the nutrients it needs for its five days of life are already inside its body when it comes out of its cocoon. It's fucking useless. Isn't that weird? The only What's thing the can, point of its existence? The only thing it can do is propagate. Fuck. Make so other... it's alive for five days and its mission is to fuck. Its mission is to fuck. Wow. But they didn't, they're not allowed to breed them at this exhibit. So he was just going to die. The people who brought you Eurotrip and Van Wilder. It's the Atlas Moth. Rob Schneider is Rob the Schneider Atlas Moth. Is the Atlas Moth. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to die in five days. I got to fuck. <laughs> it's me, Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already on day three, and I still haven't met my dream girl. <laughs> Derp-a-derp, da derpity der. <laughs> Oh, man. This isn't your kid's bug's life. This bug's life. Did you know that Rob Schneider is now like a right-wing comedian? Yeah. I think it's funny. He's always kind of been that way. Yeah. Making copies. (laughs) Nobody who enjoyed corporate life that much could be a leftist. (laughs) Um. Anyway, yeah, moths. Uh, fucking suck, dude. <laughs> Not into them. Why you? What? Nobody likes moths. You know what? Nobody I a, likes oh, moths. Hold on, shut the fuck up for a minute. Because Nobody likes moths. Unless I, you study bugs. I had a revelation not that long ago. Oh, God. How do you feel about butterflies? Eh. Yeah. Just okay. They're kind of neat, though. When but, you see them, you're like, oh. But I used to be like, oh, fucking moths. Oh, I hate moths. They're ugly butterflies, though. But they're just butterflies. No, they're uglier. They're butterflies. They're uglier and more annoying. Because <laughs> butterflies are pretty. They have pretty patterns and pretty <laughs> designs. And they fly and they populate the flowers. Moths are like, hey, I'm in your curtain. I'm in your curtain. Ah! Look at that lamp. Look at that fucking lamp you got outside your oh, back man, porch. Oh, man, that's a great light. Look at that light outside your back porch. Oh, man, that's a fucking great light. Let's flutter around this shit. Oh, fuck. It's like... Oh, I'm all dusty. <laughs> moths are so dusty. What do you got in there? Old sweaters? Ooh, let me see. Anyway, I don't hate moths. I don't hate moths anymore. <laughs> I'm the same way with butterflies. I feel the same about moths now. So that your your idea was I'm going to take the fuck this pretty cool thing. I'm going to bring it down to the level of the thing that I don't already like. Well, you know, as an ugly fucked up thing, <laughs> I feel some kinship with the moth. And I feel like it's wrong for me to judge them against the butterfly yeah. when, it, you know, they had no control over it. Just like I don't. I mean, I do, but I won't do anything about it. Um, so that's that's my perspective on it. Yeah, I don't know. Would you sell your soul for money? No. What would you give up for to be rich? Like what? Like something that you have about your being. What would you give up to be rich? My time and youth. You would you would become an I guess I've already done. <laughs> so uh Hello, Bunk Funkers, rich like, bunk funkers give art some money. Everybody okay? else in the fucking world, your time, right? We all we all spend our time and youth. Time we probably should have spent fucking like having fun and like doing shit we enjoy. Yeah. But we work. Yeah, we spent it trying to develop skills and things that yeah. we don't don't get us anywhere. It's like I spent all my youth trying to learning to do comedy and then I'm not even good at it. I thought about this too the other day where it was like I like I wish I could go back like I think that's what sometimes really successful people are the people who 
Like the thing, I wish I could go back and do what I know now. Like knowing what I know now and the skills that I possess now, I wish I could have had them when I was like 23. Oh man, what an original thought. I, no. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then like successful people are the people who like, <laughs> like don't need to do that because they've already possessed what they know in the future, but they can do it back then. Yeah. They made the right moves back then. That's what I think. I, I always like this line from uh, Against the Fuck Wind. Fuck you, moth boy. <laughs> from Against the Wind by Bob Seger. He says, I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. I sometimes think that. I wish that I knew what I know now when I was younger. It's, there you go. Ooh la la by Faces? Mm. I think. Don't know. It's, it's a song. Yeah, I mean, obviously, la la. It's, like that. it's like that old adage, youth is wasted on the young. Yeah, it is. You know, it it's is. like, yeah. So there you go. Child Negro. I mean, where's my fucking money? Take his youth. Take his youth and use it to repair your crippled, disgusting body. But Child Negro. <laughs> your mouthless, noseless, eyeless bod. <laughs> um, would you would you sell your soul? No. Why or why not? No. I don't know. I don't think, I think that there's a cap on it. Like obviously, you know, you, you, I was listening to even recently like a, um, a pretty well-known comedian. His name is Tom Segura. Mm-hmm. He's been getting some traction. He's been getting some fame. He's, he's oh. blowing up. He's been blowing up for, for years now. And he's like now in the level of like basically, you know, <clears throat> like, uh, I wouldn't, I mean, I guess generational wealth and, or like fuck you money where it's like, you know, you can charter a private jet and just go places and spend $50,000 on a dinner. Like that's like, that's, you're just, but you're done. Like you're done. You don't have to worry about anything. You can just perform and do what you want. Right. So, and he was kind of just talking about it and he's like, it's like, I mean, obviously he's a comedian. So he's like, yeah, it's fucking amazing to be well. And I don't care. I'll fucking like talk about it. Like, he's like, you should talk about it. You earned it or whatever. Right. Like, it's like, you know, he's joking. Like, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, like whatever. It's like, no, it's fucking great. What are you talking about? It's amazing. But, you know, at the end of the day, it just makes things easier. Just makes things Mm -hmm. so easier. Like, like he even said the traveling thing. Like, it's like, oh, you get to the airport. It's like super packed. You're like, oh, fuck. It's like, well, with when you're. insanely wealthy it's like all right i'll just pay somebody to fucking charter me a private jet like i don't have to wait i don't have to do anything i just go where i want to go i i have no barriers right removes the barriers yeah so what was the question (laughs) why wouldn't you sell your soul to be rich oh you're kind of making the case that you should you probably should uh it seems like a fucking great life yeah but i think (laughs) at at some level you know after you make a certain amount it's like it stops like, I think that's why these, some of these, like, like we were uh, recently on our Patreon, right? We, we talked about, um, we talked about how we've made so much money from the Patreon that yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. Right. <laughs> no, we, we did a, recently did an episode on Bobby Fisher's fucked up life. Yeah. And so we talked about how Bobby Fisher achieved such a level of chess greatness that it was like came boring to him. Yeah. And I think you, maybe not. I don't know. You see that with some of these billionaires where it's just like you achieve a certain level of wealth and you're just like, well, fuck. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm going to go fuck around on Mars now because I got nothing else to do. Yeah. 
I'm going to go fuck around with other companies and people and governments and just do whatever the fuck I want because I'm so bored. And I think at a certain level, maybe with this, like if a Charo Negro kind of scenario, it'd be like, okay, you did the money thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying it. It does make life easier and it is fucking dope. But at a certain level, then, you know, <laughs> hey, when you go to sleep at night, you got to remember like, oh, fuck, there's nothing you could do. You sold your soul. Yeah. It's coming. You can't, no money in the world can buy back time and soul. So at the end of the day, I guess, you know, earning that, that king's fortune, but you do it in a way that where you didn't have to sell your soul. Would you get married to a really rich person who was close to dying just to get I see. I, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. I don't really see anything wrong with that. Either. I would do it. Like Anna Nicole Smith fucking got like. Good for her. Right? But it's like, dude, this fucking old dumbass was willing to do that. Yeah. So what the fuck? I mean, okay. At a certain level, though, if there's like somebody with like straight up dementia and it's like you're taking advantage of them, that's one thing. I mean, Anna Nicole Smith is like a really, a really like all the way romance scam in some ways. Yeah. Where it's like, but she, you know, it's like she could have not done that. She could have not married him. I don't actually know much about that situation, like where that fucking old ass geezer was in his life. But like, yeah. he's a billionaire and he's looking around at his kids and he's like, ah, I fucking hate my kids. <laughs> I'm going to give all my money to my, my fucking like fourth wife. My, my, who's a playboy playmate. My big chested <laughs> pornographic wife. Right. And she had demons of her own, which is also a very sad story. Yeah. It really is a sad story to be honest, but yeah, I would do it though. I would marry for money. Hell yeah. I mean, if you know up front that that's what this thing is, I married once for love. I'm not doing it again. (laughs) Maybe the third time for money. Yeah. I'm for what? For love. But (laughs) I want the middle ones. The next fool me once. The next one's for money. Uh, bunkfuckers, what do you think? You you take in El Charo Negro's uh deal? You gonna you gonna take that sack from his horse? That sack from the horse? Um, I'll tell you what about this story for me, Art. I'm getting big Wendigo vibes from this. Wow, didn't see that coming. Big Wendigo vibes because I'll tell you what. To me, this seems like a sort of similar situation where there's already indigenous ideas about the spiritual world, about the natural world. And then there's this overlay of Europeanness to it. So obviously in Mesoamerican culture, there would not be a demonic horseman in traditional folklore because there were no horsemen. Uh, and similar to like in the Wendigo situation, the like native peoples in Canada and the northern United States, they didn't have this concept of like a shape shifting, like a werewolf type of thing. That was all brought from Europe. So to me, this seems like a similar situation where it's this blending of the two folklores. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like shitting on the topic, but. Um, oh my God. You're going to shit on the I'm going to shit all over it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm going to take a big old Charo Negro's horse size dump all over this fucking topic. No, I just think that there's a really strong tie in to that sort of, uh, what do you, I don't know if you call it like sociological, I guess sociological, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tie-in to like where did this story originate from mm-hmm. it is a blend of you know well and you know cultures the wendigo some people see that as like a cautionary tale about colonization right this seems very much a cautionary tale about colonization 
I think there's a lot of uh, similarities. Yeah, I agree. Wow. You didn't think of that. No. I Hey, Beefers, I'm going to take that as a win. I brought an original idea to art today. Got in thinking. <laughs> he hadn't considered it yet. <laughs> Fuck you, moth boy. What? Patting yourself on the fucking back. Uh, good for me. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to do it, so I might as well do it myself. <laughs> Look at you. You're so fucking smug right now. <laughs> hey, look at old Andy. Got one for the team, Beavers. <laughs> old Andy still has, still has a little fight in him. Got a little, uh, I still got some cum to shoot. Um, all right. What else do you think about this topic? You want to get to verdicts? We can get to verdicts. Okay. Um. Uh, would you like to start? No, you. Okay. So I think the question before us here is how much do we think El Charo Negro is a true supernatural phenomenon that's happening? Do we actually think that this is existing in our corporeal world, that a the ghost or a demonic Charo is going around and offering people money in exchange for their souls? Pedro, I... Sorry, but I'm going case closed. Whoa. I think a moth to a flame. A moth to a flame. I can't resist myself. If it's a ghost, if it's a demon, I'm not going to believe it. (laughs) Uh, So what I think about this, though, is that this is a pretty cool folklore. It's great. I like folklore. Who does it? We cover a lot of folklore on here, and it's very interesting to me. It's always cultural, like, things that result in these stories. So I think this is a very interesting story. Pedro, thank you for suggesting it, because it was a good, interesting topic. But I'm case closed. I don't think it's a real thing. But I think it's a good folklore. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Andy. I'm case closed on it as well. Um, this one especially is very folklore to me. Um, it's just got such a nice folklore tie-in and, and everything, and it's like a classic tale of greed. Um, you know, don't be greedy, and um, don't sell your fucking kids for money. And um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a great fucking great fucking topic, though. Yeah, I agree. It's, very it's a fun. great topic. Well. That's our show uh, for the day. Bunk Bunkers? That's our show for the week, I guess. Yeah. I'm not going to have a new one tomorrow. Um, so let us know what you think. Um, tell us, how do you feel about El Charro Negro? Yeah. Uh, you buying into it? You giving up your uh, soul for a sack of gold? Uh, let us know. Use the tweet at us, Instagram us. Uh, let us know. Use the hashtag... Um, hashtag moth moths suck. Hashtag moths suck. Use the hashtag moths suck. Tweet at us uh, at Mr. Bunker Pod. Check us out on Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Email us Mr. Bunker Pod at gmail.com or hit us up on the web, Mr. Bunker Pod. Mr. Bunkers Conspiracy Time Podcast.com. Bunk Bunkers, if you feel so inclined and you have the means to do so, please check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod, where you can get access to, for only $5 a month, you can get access to tens of hours of behind the scenes Patreon only content. Um, you can get multiple tens. You Multiple tens. It's at least 40. And maybe over 50 now. I don't know. I'm not doing the math. Right. 
It's not my job to do the math. If sure. you want to do the math, sign up for the Patreon and add it up. I don't fucking care. It's <laughs> multiple hours of extra content. <laughs> behind the scenes, Patreon only content. Yep. Uh, only behind the scenes. So it's a lot of Art and I breathing heavily into the microphones <laughs> and talking about what we had for lunch. You're going to yeah. love it. Um, you can also get access to our Discord. We have a very fun group of people there, and we would love to have you join us. Um, so check it out, patreon.com, Mr. forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Um, I guess that's everything housekeeping-wise. Uh, Art, do you have any last words? Bunk Funkers, don't bring home strange snakes. Bunk Funkers, don't dig holes and going into other people's properties to fuck their, their wives. Uh, bunk funkers don't um, and, and bunk funkers, you know what? You know, don't uh, don't accept strange bags of monies from strangers riding horses. I think, I think those are the lessons. <laughs> Great life tips from art yeah. um, and something you can put into practice right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are very usable. So, uh, I mean, go actively home. avoid all those situations. Yeah. Actively avoid all those situations. I mean, bunk funkers, if you have the opportunity don't ever go outside and don't ever talk to another person. <laughs> yeah, that's my <laughs> lifestyle. That's the art, that's the art uh, way of life. So uh, thank you for joining us again on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast for not the titular Mr. Bunker, uh, but for my gigantic co-host, Art Stone. <laughs> this is me, Andy Hart, saying that was the whole enchilada. <laughs> it's me, Mr. Ed. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.